0: What is up everyone, it's Quinn here, and in this video I'm gonna be going through the top waiver wire targets heading into week 13 of the NFL season. So we're gonna be going through every single position, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and some defenses. Um, If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. And then these are gonna be players that are rostered in 40% or fewer leagues using the uh, ESPN waiver wire. And let's just dive right into the running back position. And I feel like we have to start off here with Keaton Mitchell rostered in 33.6% of leagues. And I feel like at this point, he's probably the only potential running back in like normal sized leagues who might be on waivers and could actually end up leading their backfield like without an injury taking place. Most of these other players are going to need something to break right, whether that's an injury or just like a shift in usage Keaton Mitchell is kind of already on his way to leading this backfield. I feel like he's very, very close. We saw him lead the Ravens running backs across the board in snaps, routes run, carries, and targets, and you may be thinking, well, you know, sounds like he's the locked in RB1, and I think he's close, but the one problem is that he's still not seeing those goal line snaps, so Gus Edwards and Justice Hill each saw a goal line snap. This kind of also flipped back to like a three headed committee with Justice Hill being more involved than he had been in previous weeks. But I think Keaton Mitchell is definitely trending in the right direction. He continues to produce week after week, and I would expect his role to continue to grow. So if he was dropped, um, you know, people were kind of impatient. He didn't have like that breakout game last week. If people were, you know, kind of expecting that breakout, they cut him. I would definitely go out there and um, add Keaton Mitchell to your lineups here moving forward. And then we're kind of going to get into the handcuff territory. So starting off with Elijah Mitchell here, probably the top handcuff you can pick up at this point, rostered in 17.4% of leagues. At this point, it seems very clear that he is the 49ers running back too. And this is pretty much like the best offense you want to be attached to as a handcuff. CMC's handled a large workload. He's had some injury concerns in the past. So if he goes down, Elijah Mitchell is at worst a weekly running back too. Then we have Rico Dowdle, another offense you want to be attached to, rostered in 9.2% of leagues, clearly the uh, Tony Pollard handcuff. And then we have Samaje Pirine, and I think he's kind of in an interesting spot here, rostered in 26% of leagues. And we did kind of see a minor shakeup with the uh, Broncos running back usage. So Jaleel McLaughlin is someone who had kind of stepped into this backfield, was kind of like the third head of this three-headed committee here with the Broncos. He was pretty much phased out nearly entirely. Um, this week, he only played two snaps, two carries, so it was pretty much a non-factor. We did see Javante dominate the snaps with a 70% snap share, also led with 18 carries and six targets at the running back position. But Samaje Piran was operating as the pretty clear running back two, and he was also the more efficient player on the day, had a 7.9 yards per carry compared to 3.6 for Javante. And Samaje Piran also gained more yardage on his one target, Javante did on all six of his. So we've seen Javante increase his usage over the last four weeks, which I think is encouraging, but he hasn't necessarily capitalized on it over that stretch. He's only averaging 3.5 yards per carry. So he's been pretty efficient. And I think there is an outside chance that Samaje Pirine could lead this backfield when we get to the fantasy playoffs. I definitely don't think it's like a probable outcome. Like I don't think it's greater than 50% that Samaje Piran is going to be the running back one. But I think when we're looking at the running backs on waivers, he's one of the guys that could end up being playable without an injury, right? We're looking at like the Elijah Mitchells, the Rico Dowdles. Those guys are not going to be startable in your lineup without an injury. Mitchell is not replacing CMC. Dowdle is not replacing Tony Pollard. Samaje Piran at least has somewhat of a chance to eat into that uh, Javante Williams workload. So he's someone kind of interesting here, not just that straight up handcuff. And then we're gonna have more handcuffs here. So Tajay Spears, rostered in 34.5% of leagues. The Derrick Henry handcuff, add some receiving upside there. Kenneth Gainwell, rostered in 14.6% of leagues. He is the uh, DeAndre Swift handcuff. Latavius Murray, rostered in 20.3% of leagues. He actually led this Bills backfield in uh, snaps and routes run. I believe James Cook was kind of punished a little bit for a uh, drop early on in the game. But even though Latavius Murray has a weekly role, He's still a James Cook injury away from being startable in your fantasy lineups. Then we're gonna have Royce Freeman rostered in 19.3% of leagues. He is now the clear Kyron Williams handcuff. He was splitting with Henderson when Kyron was on IR, um, but Henderson was released. So that spot's just kind of wide open. Freeman saw 13 carries to Kyron's 16. Even though uh, Royce Freeman did actually have a pretty solid fantasy day, I wouldn't really expect him to be relevant um, if Kyron Williams was healthy. But if Kyron Williams goes down again, Royce Freeman definitely becomes an interesting option. Another handcuff here is going to be Dearness Johnson, actually rostered in under 1% of leagues. For most of the season, it seemed like Tank Bigsby was going to be the handcuff here for Travis Etienne. Now it looks like it is Dearness Johnson, um, rostered in 0.4% of leagues. He looks like the clear running back too. He had a 39% snap share. Etienne kind of missed some time during that game. I think he left with a chest injury for a little bit came back in. But Dearness Johnson was definitely involved. So if ETN were to go down, um, I think he would be the guy there. And then wrapping it up with Ezekiel Elliott, rostered in 36.3% of leagues, clearly the Ramondre handcuff. I just don't think there's a ton of upside with this Patriots offense. So when we're looking at some of these other guys, right? if you're replacing the 49er starter, the Cowboys starter, the Jaguars starter, it's probably going to be more valuable than sliding into like the RB1 role for the Patriots, but definitely someone who should still be on your radar if Ramondre were to go down. Now we're gonna pivot over to the wide receiver position. And I'm gonna start it off with Demario Douglas, rostered in 31.8% of leagues. He was on his way to having a really, really nice fantasy day before leaving with a concussion. Um, he'd only run 22 routes, but on those 22 routes, he commanded nine targets. That's a crazy high target rate. Um, he caught six of those for 49 yards. It definitely seems like he is at risk of missing week 13 Um, with the concussion. We've seen, I think more than half of the players miss like that one week with the concussion, but it's also his second of the season. So that could kind of prolong things. But once he's back, I think of all these wide receivers here, he's probably the player who is most startable. He's the clear number one for the Patriots when he is healthy. Now, the next wide receiver is going to be Jaden Reed, rostered in 31.5% of leagues. And the concern I kind of had with Jaden Reed heading into... uh Week 12 was the lack of volume. He had back-to-back solid fantasy games, but he hadn't exceeded six targets in a game. And it's really tough to rely on someone who's just not getting that receiving volume. He has a season-high eight targets on Thanksgiving. He scored a touchdown in three straight games. He's seen five carries over the past two weeks. So he's also getting some work there on the ground. They're using him creatively. And he has 15-plus PPR points in three straight games. So definitely someone who should be on your radar and could potentially be scooped up. Another guy here is going to be Noah Brown, rostered in 37.5% of leagues. He has missed the past two weeks with injury, but prior to missing those games, he had back-to-back 150-plus-yard performances. So once he gets healthy, definitely someone who could be relevant. C.J. Stroud has continued to look impressive. So if Noah Brown can get healthy, I think at worst he's going to be their wide receiver three, which honestly could still have some value with how strong that uh, passing attack has been. Then we're going to have Khalil Shakir rostered in 7.4% of leagues. He saw a decent raw participation, up to 80% um, on Sunday. Five targets, so nothing crazy. Kind of unfortunately for Khalil Shakir, Gabe Davis had a big boom game, which limited Shakir's production. And I think he's in this tough spot right now where We have Dawson Knox potentially returning soon. If Dawson Knox comes back, it seems like Khalil Shakir's window of being like fantasy relevant is kind of closing because early on in the season, we saw a ton of two tight end sets with Dalton Kincaid and um, Dawson Knox. Since Dawson Knox has been out, Khalil Shakir has stepped in, seen an increased role as their wide receiver three. And since he hasn't been able to fully overtake Gabe Davis, he kind of could be out of a spot here within the next few weeks. But we'll see, you know, maybe Dawson Knox misses another game or two and Cleo Shakir ends up kind of breaking out, potentially taking over that Gabe Davis role. Definitely an outside shot, but still somewhat possible. Um, then the final wide receiver here is going to be Curtis Samuel, rostered in 35.3% of leagues, He's probably not a player you really wanna rely on week to week unless you're super desperate, but there's no doubt he's put together some solid performances this season. He has four games with 14 plus PPR points. He has three pretty high ceiling games with 18 plus points. Um, Had a really nice Thanksgiving game, nine receptions, four 100 yards. Talented player, like I said, kind of tough to trust. He has a pretty low weekly floor, but if you're super desperate, he could be someone you throw in there as a potential like high ceiling option. Now looking at the quarterback position, it's honestly rough out there on waivers for the quarterbacks. I really just have one guy that I would feel even somewhat comfortable playing, and that would be Matthew Stafford, rostered in 31.1% of leagues, not just for next week, but just a guy that could potentially slot in as like a startable quarterback for you. He's coming off by far his best uh, fantasy game of the season, threw for four passing touchdowns, and in a game where both Cooper Cup and Puka were pretty quiet. So I think that's decent to see if those guys can get going. I think Stafford can keep producing. If Stafford's not available and you're like super, super desperate, I guess you could pivot to guys like Will Levis or Gardner Minshew, but obviously you would uh, kind of prefer to not be in that situation. Um, But next up is going to be the tight end position. A few guys here who could be picked up for you. The first one is Isaiah Likely, rostered in 30.7% of leagues. I do believe he has a bye um, in week 13, so it wouldn't be like the immediate play. But I think he is someone worth rostering if you are struggling at the tight end position. His usage on Sunday night was about as good as you could have asked for. 83% 83% raw participation, five targets, four receptions for 40 yards. He actually led the Ravens in receiving yards. And in a game with only 177 passing yards, you have to feel decent with what you got out of Isaiah Likely. I mean, eight PPR points with no touchdown. If he's your replacement for Mark Andrews, like that was fine. Obviously, you're not getting Mark Andrews' production, but still a decent replacement. Best you're probably going to find off of waivers. The next tight end is going to be Kate Otten, rostered in 29.4% of leagues. Over the last six games, Kate Otten has had one boom game with 23 PPR points. He's had one kind of floor game, a bust performance at only three PPR points. The other four have been between eight and 10 points. So he's been somewhat consistent, not a crazy high ceiling option, Um, just like that one game. But he's probably one of the best options you're going to have on waivers at the tight end position if your tight end's on bye or injured. He could be someone you're looking at you know, moving forward rest of season. And then the final tight end here is going to be Jawan Johnson, rostered in 8.3% of leagues, solid raw participation at 85%. He was second on the Saints with uh, targets with seven. And looking at the Saints' current wide receiver room, all three of their starting wide receivers are currently injured. So Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed you'd expect Juwan Johnson to see solid usage moving forward and could end up being relied upon more than maybe we we're anticipating um, rest of season. We'll see how serious those other injuries are. I believe Olave is a concussion, so could miss a week or two. Juwan Johnson definitely becomes fantasy relevant. And then finishing up this video with the defenses, actually, I think there are a lot of very strong streaming options this week. We're gonna start it off with the Buccaneers rostered in 14.9% of leagues. They're going up against the Panthers. We know this Panthers offense is terrible. I know this Buccaneers unit has been struggling, but this Panthers unit is very, very rough. I wouldn't be shocked if they have a bounce back game here. Next is going to be the Jaguars, rostered in 26.4% of leagues. Another pretty rough offense here with the Bengals. With no Joe Burrow, this offense is definitely going to struggle. So Jaguars are interesting. Falcons, rostered in 16.4% of leagues. Not a terrible defense, and they go up against the Jets, who's... You know, offense has been pretty brutal. Looks like they're rolling with Tim Boyle again. Could definitely be a great spot for the Falcons defense. We have the Rams rostered in 4% of leagues going up against the Deshaun Watson-less Browns. That Browns offense also struggling with that Watson. And then wrapping it up here with the Chargers rostered in 11.4% of leagues. They're going up against the Patriots. I believe the Patriots are the first team potentially ever. I'm not sure if there was like a, you know, a spot, but first team to lose back-to-back games without allowing more than 10 points. So their offense is not in a good spot. Chargers are definitely interesting here as a defensive streaming option. So that's going to wrap it up for the top waiver wire targets. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll have my start sits coming out later in the week. Um, Running backs, wide receivers tomorrow. Have my rankings also. So stay tuned for all those. Thank you again, and I will see you in the next one.